Hello, and welcome to sharing real hope. My name is Mike Hall. Normally, when a book is written, it takes, I'm told, somewhere around one to two years. Well, have you ever heard of a book that had 40 different authors, many of whom never knew each other, a book that was a collection of 66 different books, a book that took over 1,500 years to write, and yet it was one book with one story. Obviously, you know that I'm talking about the Bible. The Bible actually has only one author in reality. According to Second to Peter chapter 1, verse 21, the Holy Spirit moved on men of old and they wrote the book. That, that uh, verse literally means that the Holy Spirit picked them up and carried them along as they wrote. They wrote through their own words, through their own personalities, through their own uh, background and experience. It was all reflected in the book, but it literally was breathed out of the mouth of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God. Passe every, grafe Scripture is theonastos. And that is God breathed. Every scripture is God breathed. And so the Bible is really one book written by one author, God Himself, God the Holy Spirit. And in that vein, it is the self revelation of the unknowable, of God Himself. God uh, has chosen to reveal in the Bible His purpose. His person, His plan, it is all there in the Word of God. It's the theme. All of that is the theme. It is the plot. It is the main idea of of the Word of God, God's self-revelation. And so when we view the Word of God from that perspective, then we can understand it as it is meant to be understood. You know, we can approach the Bible like it is a, a, a all a disjointed collection, a disjointed collection of all kinds of stories and myths and fables, or even disjointed stories that are true. We can't approach the Word of God like that. We have to understand it the way it was meant to be understood, that it is indeed one book with one theme, with one plot, with one main idea. And again, that idea is the self-revelation of God Him, of God Himself. Well, let's look at that today. Let's look at the revelation of God's person, of God's purpose, of God's plan, and see if we can get a grasp on this. First of all, the Word of God is a revelation of His person. And and as I said already, He is unknowable unless He chooses to make Himself known. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We are not little gods. And we are not in any way infinite like He is infinite. We are finite. We are limited. And uh, we could never know Him or understand Him at all unless He chose to reveal Himself. And so, uh, the Word of God is the revelation of the person of God. Now, obviously, we don't know all there is to know about God. He's God, and we are not. But we know what He's chosen to reveal. And can I just say this? 
in the first three chapters of the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapters 1 through 3, we get right away a revelation of, of who God is. And it continues throughout the Bible, but I, obviously we don't have time on this podcast to go through all of that. But let me just show you quickly how God reveals Himself, His person, in the first three chapters of Genesis. First of all, in, very, uh, in the very first verse, verse 1 of chapter 1, we see that God is eternal because it says, "...in the beginning God." In other words, when everything started, uh, when everything was, uh, was uh, created, God was there. He was already there. God is uncreated. God has no beginning. God has no end. Now, ask me to explain that. Are you kidding me? There's no one, the smartest person ever born, couldn't even begin to touch that, but we believe it. God is eternal, and so He reveals Himself to have been there all along. In the beginning, He created, and there is the second thing we learn about God. God is the Creator. He is the one that made something out of nothing. In the beginning, God created, and then we go on in, in uh, chapters 1 and 2 to see all that God created. All that he formed and started out of out of nothing, uh, we see that God is omnipotent. That means he is all powerful. Let me tell you, to be able to do what he did in six days, creating all that there is, this universe, this universe that we're able to observe at some level, God created it just through his spoken word. What power that is. The power to create something from nothing. And then we see that God is relational. And oh, I'm so happy about this one. You know, God is not just a God that's way out there apart from us, but God showed Himself even in these first three chapters to be relational. In chapter 1, verse 27, it says that God created man and woman, male and female, in His own image. He didn't do that for the animals. He created them, but not in His own image. In other words, uh, we are created with the ability to uh, interact and think and relate to Almighty God uh, at the deepest levels. Um, and then in chapter 3, verse 8, we're told that God came walking in the garden, and that must have been His habit Adam and Eve were familiar with that. They knew when He came. They recognized the sound of His walking because God is relational. He created us to be in relationship with Him. And then we see that God is generous. In chapter 1 of, of Genesis, verse 29, after He had um, created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, He said, I have given you every plant and, and so on and so forth. I've given it all for you. God is a giving God, and God had fully uh, met their need. He is a generous God, and we see that there, but all throughout Scripture, we see how generous God is. Let me tell you, the oxygen that you're breathing right now as you're listening to this or watching this is a gift from Almighty God. That's just one of many, many, many things that I could name. God's a generous God. God has revealed Himself to be just. 
In chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 17, he says, I've put all these trees in the garden for you to eat. There's his generosity. But there's one tree that you do not touch. You do not eat, rather. It is the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil, because in the day that you do, you shall surely die. There is his justice. He is a righteous, holy, just God. And he said, look, you cross my boundaries and you will pay the consequences. God revealed that he is just there. And then I love the fact that God reveals that he's merciful in chapter 3, verse 21, because when they did cross his boundaries and his justice was uh, meted out on them and they began to pay the consequences and yet he follows it up by killing an animal and taking the skins of that animal and covering their nakedness. God made garments for them. He did for them what they couldn't do for themselves. They tried to cover their nakedness with fig leaves, their own self-righteousness, uh, but God did it. He is merciful. And so you can see there, even in the first three chapters of the first book of the Bible, God reveals His person and He continues to do it through all 66 books. And so in every story, in every event, uh, in every historical account, you can see, if you're looking for it, the revelation of Almighty God, the person of Almighty God. But then, also, the Word of God is God's revelation of His purpose. His purpose is literally, could be summed up this way, to bring people to eternal relationship with Him. To bring people into eternal relationship with Him for His glory. Listen to what the Word of God says in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, in verses 1 to 8. Just, just hear the Word of God. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Man, we were messed up, weren't we? We were separated from God, but it says in verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, that's eternity. He might show the surpassing riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. You see, God's purpose was to bring us into eternal relationship with Him. John 14, 3, Jesus, on the night of His death, He said this. Uh, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In verse 3 says, So that where I am, there you may be with me forever, forever and ever. So God's purpose is to bring us into eternal relationship with Him, to show forth and to uh, know His glory forever, forever and ever, to give us eternal life. That's God's purpose, and He reveals that from Genesis to Revelation. But then, you know, He reveals His plan. In Ephesians chapter 3, um, verse, verse number, let's see, let's say verse number 8. To me, the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery for the ages has been hidden in God who created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church. 
And that is what God is doing right now. He's making known the manifold wisdom of God. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose. See, His purpose that we're talking about, which was carried out through Jesus Christ. There's His plan. God's plan is shown. Not only is His person shown and His purpose shown, but His plan is shown throughout the pages of Scripture. And God's plan was to make a way for sinners to be reconciled through Jesus. That was God's plan. It was promised way back in Genesis 3.16 where God said that uh, He would, uh, through the seed of the woman, uh, He would crush the head of the serpent. That was the very first promise that God was going to do something to fix this mess that we're in. It was foreshadowed. God's plan was foreshadowed in the sacrifice of animals. You know, when He killed that animal to cover Adam and Eve. When He uh, gave that animal to Abraham, rather than sacrificing his son Isaac, He sacrificed that animal. And when He gave the system of sacrifices to Moses there, uh, in the sacrifice of all of those animals, foreshadowing the coming great sacrifice of Jesus Christ and, and the tabernacle and so on and so forth. And all the way through scriptures, we see the foreshadowing of the event that was realized in Jesus when he came and he died on the cross. And he took the sins and paid for the sins of those who would believe. And he was raised from the dead to validate everything. And he was ascended back to the Father where he is our high priest right now. And so, I want to just say this. The Bible is not a collection of disjointed stories, but rather it is a narrative, one narrative, of God's revelation. God's revelation of His person, of His purpose, and of His plan. And when we see the Bible that way, we can understand it the way it's meant to be understood. God's self-revelation. I hope that you will turn to the Scriptures and let them change your life. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.